0: to welcome you to Storytime with Stu. I'm your host Stu of Not Your Mother's Podcast and I am very excited to introduce to you a new series. Hopefully we can make it run for a while, I don't know, we'll see. But uh, the goal here is to read through a couple of books that have to deal with dating and marriage, books that were put out by, I don't know, I wouldn't even say former, I would say people who have been. Uh, great leaders in the independent fundamental Baptist movement. We're going to read through these books together and uh, we'll see what we get. I, this first episode is going to be kind of exploratory uh, because what we're doing is something that's completely different from the format that we've had for the podcast in the past. And so while I don't have a guest here next to me and while I don't have an outline here like I usually do, I do have a book uh, today, we're going to be reading through or starting Romance and Marriage Keeping the Flame Alive by Bob and Jo Beth Hooker. Uh, some of you may know who they are, uh, some of you may not, but all of you will find this intriguing, I have no doubt. Uh, for a little background for me <clears throat> on this book, I don't know when it was originally published. Um, I should have looked that up first, I'm sure. <laughs> But I'm sure it's in here. I'm just missing it. I don't know exactly when it was published. Uh, 2002, it says here, so that might be it. Uh, there's an email address hookpublications at juno.com, so try that out. Um, <laughs> but I do. that does sound right for the original publishing date. And uh, just so you know, this book I did not buy from their company. I don't want them to get the money. I found it from a private seller on Amazon who shall remain nameless because I can't seller's name. Um, But I don't want any money going towards their ministries, which they are still doing. So we're going to start reading. I'm just, I want to preface this so much. Oh, what I did want to say was this uh, book, I remember when it came out, I hadn't graduated high school yet, but I was in high school. I was living in Missouri um, at home uh, with my family. And uh, I remember when it came out, this was something that got like stowed away. This was like one of the naughty books, right? It got stowed away in my parents' A bedroom and I was not allowed to read it so I would sneak in there sorry mom and dad if they hear this from time to time and uh, read little excerpts um, because this was you know this was hot stuff so we're gonna go through it we're gonna see what we think I definitely want to hear from you guys what what your opinions are and let me kind of give you we'll, we'll start with uh, you know dedication preface acknowledgments all that fun stuff the forward by Cindy Scott of course wouldn't miss that but the way the uh, book is structured there's three there's chapters under all these divisions of the book but there's three different divisions there's for women only exclamation point for men only exclamation point and for couples only exclamation point so you can see how as a teenager i was not allowed to read this because i wasn't a man yet nor was i a woman uh nor was i a a couple there were times that i thought i was but i definitely wasn't so not by myself just saying um, so what I want to do with this is once I get through the, 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 acknowledgements and the forward, which will all be interesting, I'm sure. Uh, I want to read something from each section cause they're all broke. They're all pretty short, um, uh, chapters. So I want to read one chapter as we go through this book. I want to read one chapter from each section of the book, uh, per each, you know, reading episode. And I'll see, this is, this is, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have not read this book cover to cover. I've read little bits and pieces, and there's no preface here. This is the first time that I'm reading these chapters. So as I react, as I'm sure you'll react as well, but as I react, I doubt I'll be able to get through an entire chapter or even an entire paragraph without interjecting something. So I apologize if that's what you're here for, just to hear me read, which I don't have that kind of a voice. Uh, so if that's what you're here for, I'm sorry, that's not really entirely what this is going to be. But here we go. Let me read you the, let's see, the dedication uh, for the book, Romance and Marriage, Keeping the Flame Al- Alive. Dedication. This book is lovingly dedicated to our six beautiful daughters in the hopes that they will apply the principles found in this book and each have as awesome a marriage as we have had. We got Nothing on that. Thank you to our former pastor, Dr. Jack Hiles' this is the acknowledgments and his beautiful wife, Mrs. Beverly Hiles, for allowing us to observe. As his church people, the special relationship he and his wife shared. Uh, obviously, there's no mention of uh, you know, his, uh, his mistress here. That that wouldn't pair well with what we're reading. Um, their faithfulness to one another. See, this is what you're going to get. I can't even get through the acknowledgments <laughs> without injecting uh, my thoughts. Their faithfulness to one another and obvious joy in getting to share life together has been an inspiration to us all. Until his home going at the age of 73, Brother Hiles still held hands with his wife, so, so I just can't. Talked about the fun smooching and bragged on her grace and beauty. He was obviously very much in love with her and she with him. Thank you, Preacher and Mrs. Hiles for your lives, your examples, and your teachings on marriage. We enjoy a romantic marriage today, largely as a result of your influence. And to be honest and to be fair, now Bob Hooker had inside knowledge. There's just no way he didn't. Sorry. So he knew the dirty stuff. He knew the dirty laundry. But from the outside looking in, if you didn't know about Jack Hiles' mistress or mistresses, uh, if you didn't know about his son David, and if you didn't know about you know all the dirty laundry of just the Hiles family in general, it would be easy to look at them and say they are an example on the outside and the exterior when you saw them you know at conferences or whatever. It would definitely be easy to see them as a shining light or an example for a good Christian. I'm using some air quotes here marriage. But that wasn't the reality of it, and Bob knew that too. Now, of course, the acknowledgement, that dedication, he had to do that, right? Like, that was his pastor, that was this guy, so he absolutely had to do that. He owed that to them. Uh, this was done through Hook Publications, but if there wasn't a Hiles Publications, there probably wouldn't be, have been a Hook uh, Publications, let's be honest. Okay, so, not taking away from Hook Publications. Alright, so we'll read the first chapter. Now we're through the forward. Uh, no, no, no. Wasn't there something from Cindy, I missed it. I thought there was something from Cindy in here. I could have swore there was. Oh yes, I, I'm not there yet. Alright, we right, got to read the foreword first, right, and then we'll get to the chapter. So, the foreword by Cindy Scott, who is, if you don't know, let me have another drink, uh, this delicious whiskey proper 12, provided by Mr. Conor McGregor, not personally, that'd be cool, and uh, this awesome, um, I'm trying to remember the this awesome glass provided by uh, the lovely Gavin Corwin. and Ranger Up, from Ranger Up, uh, it's pretty terrific. Excuse me, if you're listening to the audio only, I'm sorry for that. All right, forward by Cindy Scott. Jack Hiles' daughter, uh, Jack Scott's uh, ex wife. Uh, Jack Scott is now at least at the time of this recording. Actually, I think he's got, I think next year he's out. Serving time in a federal penitentiary. If you don't know about that, Google Jack Scott. You'll figure it out real quick. In my opinion, a Christian marriage should be an exciting one. Each aspect of a marriage is to picture the love between Christ and the church. If Christ's love for us is not dull, and it is not, then our romantic marital relationship should not be dull. Many ideas in this book should be read by married or engaged eyes only. Yet it is refreshing, again, that's why I wasn't able to it is refreshing to be able to find good advice on the romance of marriage from a fundamental point of view i have known and observed bob and joe beth hooker for many years they are successful in marriage and ministry and i will say this i i don't like either of them and i don't think they're good people but i will tell you this they are both still married to one another i'll give them that (laughs) um uh, they are successful in marriage and ministry their six daughters are a tribute to them. Jo Beth is a gracious southern lady with enough strength and beauty to be a great completer to her husband. We'll talk about that more in another episode, probably. Uh, she can't just be her own person, she's got to complete him. Bob is a great preacher, soul what and a family man with a great spirit. I will show you, for every person that thought he had a great spirit, I can show you someone I went to college with that experienced his evil spirit, but we'll get to that later. May I encourage you to kindle or rekindle the romance in your marriage? Romance, excuse me, in marriage is a gift from God to re, to relive. To relive the pressure of life, relieve. I think I'm reading that wrong. Relieve the pressure of life and the ministry. No, I think they spelled it wrong. Um, it is a priceless treasure. We, you, you gotta, can't have spelling errors in the foreword, guys. Uh, let, give me a couple chapters in. It is a priceless treasure we can use to keep us faithful to the one lifelong partner God has provided for us. I, recommended, I recommend this book for married couples who are interested in having a marriage as exciting as God intended it to be. So first, we will read from a chapter from For Women Only, then For Men Only, and then For Couples Only. And I hope that you enjoy the inaugural story time with Stu. Chapter 1, there's a little cartoon here. I won't read it just because I know some people will be only listening to it via audio, but uh, you can find this on Amazon. Please don't buy it off of their site. They do have it there, a digital copy. I don't think they have the print in stock at the moment. Please don't buy from them. They do not deserve any of your money. Romance, which you will find out as we get further into this. Romance and Marriage is the first chapter for women only. So I'm sorry, I should not not be reading this. This is not for me to read, but I'm going to read it anyways. It starts out with a... Scripture verse, I'm sure it's King James Version. I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go. <laughs> oh, boy. We need to talk, she says. And this is Joe Beth writing it, as far as I know. Um, and we need to talk, frankly, about the need for romance in our marriages. I have your attention now, don't I? There isn't one of us that doesn't love the idea of romance. We get giddy at the mere mention of the word. But to look at most of our marriages... It is an area which is sadly lacking, and I will interject here already. This is written, a lot of people that are in, that are and were in the Independent Fundamental Baptist Movement as movers and shakers, as pastors, pastors' wives, youth pastors, staff and faculty for for Bible colleges, places like that. The majority of the people reading this, that was them. So no, there is no time for romance. If you're in an Independent Fundamental Baptist Church... You probably are very involved in the ministry. You probably also have a full-time job. And you're you're making kids. It's very important that you repopulate uh, the genre here. So, uh, the genre's not probably the right word, but it is what it is. You know what I mean. So, no, there really isn't time for romance. So, all this does is put additional undue pressure on a marriage that's already failing, saying, well, and I'm sure th- the point here is, well, we're going to help you. Sure, sure, sure. In all the wrong ways. But... To start it off with, oh, you don't have romance in your marriage? No, bro. There's no time for romance in my marriage. As soon as I get home, I gotta head to church to clean, or I've gotta go soul winning, or whatever it is. I need to get back to the book here. I know, but just making that point that oh, there's no romance in your marriage? No, because you don't give me time for it. Anyways, well, I intend to fire you up so much that your husband won't know what hit him. Sounds exciting? It is going to be. Let's. <laughs> Sorry, it's just I need another drink. It's just too much. <laughs> Because I can hear and see her in my mind's eye saying this. And if you don't know who Joe Beth is, that's okay. Just picture any IFB pastor's wife. It's the same thing. Oh, God. Okay. So, if someone had told me ten years ago, say five years ago, that I would be sitting here reading this book, drinking Conor McGregor's whiskey, I didn't even know who he was then, probably. I would have hit you right in the face. (laughs) Okay, I wouldn't have hit you. But I would have been very surprised. This is... uh, At some point in my life, this would have seemed blasphemous and, if nothing else, abnormal. All right, so she's going to fire us up. Uh, Let's get down to the nitty-gritty and start with the relationship itself. Observation number one. Before you were created to be a helpmeet, not an individual with your own identities and values, you were created to eliminate man's loneliness. Cool, good to know. Ladies, just so you know, this is your purpose in life. I Hope you don't end up liking girls instead of guys. That's going to be a big problem for Jobet. The Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. Genesis 2.18. God, I am not even halfway through the first page of this. These, this series is going to take a long time. A man can be married to the greatest woman in the world and still be alone. Alone, she uses quotes, does not imply physically alone, but mentally and spiritually alone. If you're not interested in what, in what has his interest, if you don't understand or care to understand his needs, if you don't trust his decisions or allow him to lead, then he can be married but be very much alone. I I disagree. <laughs> I'm, I I do think that there is a, uh, a a great quality in a spouse, male or female, or whatever gender you prefer, if or not even a spouse, just in a relationship. If you can, you know, find some interest in things that they're interested in, also that's great. But to look at it in such a narrow-minded way of, look, if you're not interested in his shit, then he's alone in his marriage. And by the way, this is the line of reasoning that all these guys that cheat, that all these guys that turn out to be pedophiles or what have you, these ministry leaders, not unlike Jack Scott, whose ex-wife wrote the forward, the forward here, this is the line of reasoning. Well, you weren't that interested in me. You know, when I came home, the food wasn't ready and the kids were a mess. Yeah, because I've been at home with him all day, and they're driving me crazy, and you're not helping me, anyways. it's a whole other thing, but all I'm saying is, this is the line of logic that occurs when you have these men that go entirely unchecked, and I'm not saying to beat guys up, I'm just saying there needs to be some accountability, and all is landing on the woman for the relationship already, we're not even into page two of the damn book, alright, okay, I'm, I'm fired up, eliminating his loneliness begins by purposing to like what he likes and purposing to share his heartbeat and interest the ability now I'm on page two I made it the ability to communicate shared interest interests dreams goals and visions creates an intimate bond of friendship which leads to a partnership that transcends anything the worldly view of love could create or possibly understand I can tell you that um, that sentence is entirely untrue Entirely, like, this, there's, there's nothing about that sentence that is true. I have been married inside the IFB, and I have been in a relationship outside of the IFB. It's a completely different thing, and it is amazing. Outside of it. Where two people share the same heart and are going in the same direction, there is no room for the destructive, selfish, I want what I want philosophy that permeates our society. How, ladies, how, how fucking dare you want... What you want. Who do you think you are wanting what you want? I get the extreme version of that where you don't give a shit about your kids or your spouse or anyone else. It's just all about you. I get that. And I get that that's the point she's trying to make. But that is very few of us. And especially in the IFB, that is a minuscule amount of, of, of women who are married to these tyrants. And all she's doing is enabling these men. All right, let me continue. Eliminating his loneliness has at its core unselfishness. That is, Caring more about making him happy than making yourself happy. I understand selflessness, but that's not what she's talking about. In spite of what the feminists say, <laughs> oh God, you will find that in making him happy, true joy and happiness will find you. That is why the Bible promises in Luke 6:38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? It allows me For with, it's a KJV, it's not as easy as it used to be for me. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Tip number, okay, now we're into tips. All right. Let me have another drink because I'm going to need it. I guarantee you. And if you've been following the podcast uh, for a while, you may hear some squeaking here. It seems I have given myself the John Bannister chair that is quite squeaky. Tip number one. Romance is the icy on the cake. Romance makes your relationship sweeter and more fun, but it's not the cake. I know you just said that. Your relationship is the cake. That imagery makes sense. Start being romantic by taking an interest in everything that is important to him. Idea number one. Oh man, there's tips and ideas. My brain's gonna explode. Okay, cool. Only uh, two more pages. <laughs> T- idea number one. Make a list of ten things. You, this sounds like Ray Young already. Make. Oh, I should read. No. I need to look. Make a list of 10 things he would love to do and plan to do them. Following are some of the things you could do. Watch Monday Night Football with him in matching jerseys, pop popcorn and sit on the couch and stumble. Again, here's the thing that I'm just going to pause for a moment. I know you hate me. I don't blame you. Uh, I hope you don't. But but here's the thing that uh, IFB leaders, specifically Ray Young and now clearly Joe Beth Booker, love to do. They love to oversimplify things. That are not really simplistic, right? Like finding out what someone likes, it can seem simplistic and uh, superficial. You know, something just on the surface. But in reality, what do they really want? What do they really like? Like, really dig into that. Go to go to therapy with them. Like, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying like, now nah, I'm Joe Hooker, right? <laughs> now. I'm just saying if if you're really interested in someone, it's not just about their sports team or um, the movies that they like. That's fun. That's that's nice surface level stuff. But getting into who they really are is important. And I. I mean, I'm not saying they won't ever do that in this book, but I, I doubt we'll really get there. Maybe we will. Maybe I'm wrong. But here's the thing. This whole <laughs> the Monday Night Football thing, I, I got I, I to contradict here because Monday Night Football, they have those wicked cheerleaders. You know, that's going to be a problem. You can't really watch that. can't watch commercials. Popcorn you can do. and If I'm going to sit down and watch a football game, I, I don't love beer, but I'll probably have a beer with the guys, a few of them, or some whiskey. Can't do that either. So, I like the idea, the sentiment, but it's not really realistic. Okay, number or okay, idea number one, and these are all the similar idea one. Take him fishing. Go to a car show. I like those. Have a scavenger hunt to your bedroom. Ooh, this is gonna be good. Using seductive statements but have him find you in full hunting gear? Pitch no. <laughs> and take him hunting. However, be prepared to be momentarily detained. Okay, alright, I take I take it back. She's saying have sex and then go hunting, but you should shower first. Between those two, I know Bob really likes to say how he's a great outdoorsman and all that shit. Clearly, he didn't really have any oversight uh, with this chapter because you don't want to smell like sex when you go out hunting. You're not—you you can smell like deer urine, and that's fine. But like, you're not really gonna attract. Any I'm just saying, smelling like human sex, as far as I know, it's not gonna attract any animals. So, just saying, go camping overnight in some remote, out of the way place. At a campfire, breakfast, and share a cup of coffee or hot tea. All right, all right, Joe Beth. Take him go-karting, play laser tag, or go to a batting cage and take turns hitting balls. (laughs) Balls. (laughs) It's late and I'm drinking. Attend a high school football, baseball, or basketball game together. Take two cushions to sit on. Again, okay, this is what I was going to say earlier. It's what Ray Young does. They oversimplify these ridiculous lists where it's just like, you don't need to tell me to do this shit. I can just do it. Why did I buy, I mean, I know why I bought this book, but why did I buy this book if you're telling me, if you're getting so granular that you're telling me I need to take cushions? No shit, I need to take cushions to sit on the bleachers at a high school football game. Like, give me something good here. That's, that's not really that helpful. Um, help him with something he enjoys as a hobby. Does he like putting models together, working puzzles, carving, or woodworking Working out with weights, landscaping a yard, attending flea markets, remodeling houses, playing golf or tennis, computer games, whatever his interest, unless it's porn, whatever his interest, plan to do it with him occasionally, and purpose to have a good time when you do. Even if you don't enjoy the activity, you can enjoy being with him. That last sentence, I agree with. Okay, so now at the end, I don't know if it's at the end of every chapter, but at least in the women's section at the end of each chapter, it looks like there's going to be a too hot to handle And uh, if if you can see this, you can hear the chair squeaking. It's kind of like some little flame emojis kind of thing. Of course, it should go without saying that sleeping together every night is a must. Yes, (laughs) but sometimes you have to travel and, okay, whatever. You can't sleep together every single night. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm not saying that's also entirely feasible. So, uh, but sometimes it's fun to be coy. So for a twist, not twisties, not to be twisties.com, that's a whole different thing. Um, so for a twist, uh, for, so for a twist way from the twist way from the norm, put on a lacy negligee and whisper in his ear, do you want to go to bed with me tonight in French? If some girl did that to me, she wouldn't have to whisper. I get it. But the French would throw me off I'm just saying. how do you say it? Oh, okay. All right. She says how to say it. I'm not even going to try that. This question is pronounced, okay, I will try because she gave us the phonetic pronunciation. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Tell him you can French kiss too. Don't tell him, don't tell him. Don't, I need another drink, hang on. If you grew up in the IFP, you have no business telling a dude you know how to french kiss you do not that's not a thing there is no sex ed there is barely i was just talking about some uh, on one of our posts about this um episode about this podcast i was talking to someone about this today there isn't there isn't sex ed there's barely birds and the bees don't go around telling guys you know how to french kiss when you don't know how to french kiss i'm not blaming it on you if you don't know how if you weren't taught i understand but that's bullshit all right. so for women only we read chapter one for men only chapter one bear with me here while i found it, found it, 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 it. uh ta-da, right here. chapter three chapter one chapter one is lighting her fire romance and the physical relationship psalm should i read it all in this voice probably not psalm 19 5 and 6 as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Yeah, David and Solomon. Those guys were super sexual. Alright, I mean Solomon, no shit. He had fuck a lot of concubines. I would be too. Uh, observation. To be frank, most of us married men begin our early marital relationship with our spouse with one thing in mind concerning the relationship. To be satisfied. And if you're IFB, that's it. It doesn't change. There is some sort of misconception that stems from the world's influence that a woman will thoroughly enjoy a man performing an intense act. Now here, just in the first paragraph, what blows my mind is Bob, and I, and I may change my mind on this, but from here, Bob is making every opportunity, every taking every chance he can to like step around saying sex. He's not going to say fuck, but sex and anything sex, this sex, sexy, sex, sex. That. He's not saying the act. He's saying what do you call it? An intense act. Uh, uh, what else? What is this? Gonna, uh, uh, of the physical to be satisfied. Like, just say. You want to have sex and you want to come Like, that's, that's I know that's crass. I get it. But that's what we're talking about. Like, can you use plain English, please, and not satisfied and performing an intense act? And yeah, you know what? Bob, the way that you teach men, the way that you taught men when you were working with young men at Hiles Anderson College, the way that most young men are taught at Hiles Anderson and other IFB schools around the country, yeah, that's how you teach them. It doesn't matter what she wants. It matters what you want. In fact, that's how Joe Beth led her chapter off. Second paragraph. We're getting somewhere here. I wish that no man had ever seen a movie, read literature, or been involved in any type of activity that helped to create these misconceptions about the physical relationship or the act of love. Excuse me. This is why purity is so vital. This is the. This is. I need another drink. This is this is why purity is stop. Hold the press. The bridge is out. This is this is why purity is not vital. Bear with me. If if you're if you're being taught, or barely being all you're being taught is what the pastor says about from the pulpit about women in regards to their dresses being so tight or their pants being so tight. You don't need much of an imagination or how this woman dressed like a whore and in great detail like Jack Scott liked to do, go through what made her a whore. And I'm not calling women whores. I'm saying this is what guys from the pulpit and the IFB like to say. So if that is your level of sex ed, and then finally on the night that, that you get married, you, for the first time you get to have sex, of, it doesn't matter what literature you read or what movies you're watching. When your parents, your pastor, all your spiritual leaders say this is what it is, then that's what it is. So, no, Bob, this does not make a case for purity whatsoever. But let me read on. If two young people are pure, when they enter into marriage, they can enter into the physical relationship as they would any other area of life as a Christian. Ah, clueless as fuck, so no thank you. Caring about the needs of others before themselves. No, no, no! That's not what's going to happen. First of all, you're going to figure out what to do, right? But you're not readily going to know what to do, number one. And number two... You've been taught, guys, that you're more important than she is. So your satisfaction, your orgasm, is much more important than hers is. Anyways, it's not, but that's what you've been taught. Selflessness is exactly what is needed in the physical aspect of marriage, as well as the spiritual and emotional aspects of marriage. I would say selflessness is very important in any relationship, specifically a romantic one. But here's the thing, if it's all just pure selflessness, that's fucked, and it's not going to help you, and it's going to make you miserable as shit. Let me explain what I mean. Yes, Bob, great. One of the great errors that has been made in our Christian school schools lies in the way the sports programs are operated. Sport. Okay. All right, Bob, I'll listen. I'll bite. It seems that in the majority of our Christian school disciplines, we have taken great pains to adhere closely to Scripture and not allow worldly influences except in the area of sports. Athletic competition is still looked upon as a more secular endeavor, and remains greatly influenced by the world's attitudes and techniques. What we, as Christians, would never allow an attitude to take place in the classroom or in public is allowed on the basketball court for the sake of winning. I am having trouble following you, Bob. This is a unique parallel to marriage and the physical relationship, for even as we would sacrifice and give for the cause of Christ in our workplace in our ministry, or wherever the needs of others would be considered, we somehow forget to think of the needs of our wives in the physical relationship. I'm having trouble with that parallel, like a lot. But I'll continue. It is easy to get so emotionally controlled during the act of marriage, is that sex or active, okay, that the husband loses sight of the fact that his wife has needs also. Because he's been taught she doesn't. She needs to keep the house and make babies. Those are her only needs. That's all we're taught. You may be surprised to learn that she's not enjoying the act of marriage nearly as much as you think she is. She does not get fulfillment from intimacy, just because you do. Is the act of marriage sex? Like I'm, I'm confused. I thought the act of marriage was getting married, was walking down the aisle, was saying the vows in front of the pastor, was dun 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 dun, dun and all that jazz, and, and 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 the, the food after, and that, and then you're done, Then you drive off, in in someone else's car, and. Got you know shoe polish all over it and tin cans. That's what I thought the act of marriage was. So I'm confused. I'm guessing the act of marriage is sex. Look, the, the the book is romance and marriage, keeping the flame alive. And you guys have a too hot to handle tip at the end of every chapter. Can you say sex and orgasm and come because that would make it a lot more simple for all of us? I believe one of the keys your wife, if, to your wife experiencing enjoyment and fulfillment, comes through communication. Now, I had a little rant there, but I, I take—I don't take it back, but I could be wrong. It could be that those terms come up later in the book, which would help. Um, but again, this book is prescribed for only engaged and married people, so I would assume they all know what those terms are. All right. Talk frankly with her about her needs and desires. But do you want? <laughs> it's all I can think of. It would be very sad to discover after years of marriage, whether well, marriage or the act of marriage, I don't know, That you and your wife could have enjoyed a much more exciting and fulfilling intimate relationship that's sex okay if some things had been done differently or she had been treated in a very different way again again if you're engaged if you're married these are not things that anyone should have to tell you this does two things for me one this shows me how incredibly sexually illiterate we were going into a marriage how we were set up for our marriages to fail because we didn't know we didn't you you should know to ask the other person does that feel good do you like that do you like this do you not like that let's talk about our sex life we didn't know to do that we shouldn't have to be told to do that that is something we should learn as young adults when we're preparing for a lengthy relationship with an adult that we are very interested in all right <laughs> moving on Another key to seeing your wife experience fulfillment can be found in experimentation. Oh boy, this is going to be good. It is, I hope, it is quite possible that she does not know what would enhance her pleasure. It's very possible, very possible in the IFB. You can enjoy experimenting and finding out. You need to be willing to do what, (laughs) you need to be willing to do what it takes to find out what would stimulate her interest the most. What would would happen? Orgasm, bro. This may take some creativity and time in the relationship. As you are being creative, you may stumble upon something that is extremely enjoyable to her. BDSMs, strap pods, you never know, you never know. Don't assume something is pleasurable, ask her. I agree, I agree. Concentrate on well, on that which is most enjoyable for her, not things that are okay. I would challenge you men to strive to find that which would bring your wife pleasure and fulfillment and excitement to the physical relationship. As a wonderful bonus to your efforts, I believe you will find your wife looking forward to the times you are together. To the sex. The sex, Bob. The sex. It will no longer be an obligation, but a pleasure. The obligation? It shouldn't have been about this. When did you? What? No. Obligation. No. Tip number one. There's a picture of Bob and Joe Beth. I wanted to make fun of it, but I'm not going to. He's got killer dad shoes. I've got to give him that. Because most of us are busy people, probably New Balance, it is easy to let the time get away from us before we realize it's gone. Add to that the feeling of uh, never having enough time to accomplish the myriad of projects, duties, and work that needs to be done. Yeah, if you're IFB, it's never fucking ending. Of course, we didn't intend to leave it there. We plan to create a happen- We plan to create a happening just as soon as we have time. But what happens? No time. I'm confused. Is this a toddler writing? Okay. Then one day, you know, and then I went, and Bobby and and I was over there and they said, uh, then one day we suddenly wake up and realize that the last time we had a date with our wife was weeks ago. Where did the time go? Not good. Not good because you're running me ragged, Bob. I got a bus route. I got a job. I got fucking, I got, I got, I got all kinds of stuff, Bob. You're not giving me a break. You don't feel like you have to always plan an extravaganza. Nurturing your relationship is more important than creating a happening. What's a happening? Isn't that a movie with Mark Wahlberg? I'm so confused. When things how do you say Okay, Mark Wahlberg. When things are truly hectic, that's the time to plan a break instead of a date. Okay, uh, quick breaks can be just as romantic as an elaborate rendezvous. What can you do? Purpose to get out of the house together, even if it's just for a few minutes. Take a drive, get a wonderful. Insert perhaps a cafe latte or a smoothie talk or a smoothie talk smooch again we're back to the toddler Mm. leave your problems is amber is this amber is this okay it's Bob. leave your problems (laughs) she's not a toddler now but she was good leave your problems uh wherever you had last had them and focus these few minutes on each other you may have less than an hour of time together but the simple act of getting out and getting a treat will take the edge off of a week's worth of busyness and renew a right spirit in the both of you. You know what else takes a great edge out of having a drink? Most especially with your partner. Not too much. Whiskey dick, you know Alright. When you see she has had a long day, this is idea number one. When you see she when you see she has had a long day, take her to your favorite chair or recliner. Excuse me, make her sit down. Make her sit down and relax while you fix her a cup of hot tea or coffee. Give her a neck massage and let her talk about her day for a change. Why is Bob, whoa, <laughs> what does my buddy Andrew Gall say? Full stop. Why is that a change? Why can't you both talk about each other's day every day? Why? And again, this is more this Ray Young instructional stuff. Like, make sure that when you go to McDonald's, you get a straw for your drink. No shit. Like, there's stuff that's automatic as a human being, but they like to tell you that anyways. Why? There's a lot of reasons. The big one is to make you feel like a fucking moron. All right. Take a genuine interest, not just a casual one, and sincerely listen to what she has to say. The thoughtfulness, excuse me, will not only, excuse me, again, ease her stress and tension, which will make for a much better relationship, but it will strengthen your companionship and make you feel closer. Again, this, oh, I'll never send a great picture. Again, if you're just listening, I'm sorry. My screensaver is behind me. Stuff pops up. and I got to call it out because these are some of my favorite pictures up here. Um... Again, this feels like going through the motions just to make her happy. Sorry, you can't say that's not what this feels like. All right, the too hot to handle tip. Can't forget that. Play strip checkers. Every time, there's also poker, but they're not allowed to say that because we're not allowed to play poker. Every time a game piece is captured, the person affected by the loss must take off one piece of clothing. All right. Uh, We won't talk about what happens when a piece gets crowned. Use your imagination. Why, Why won't you talk about it, Bob? Is it the act of marriage? Is that what's going to happen when someone gets crowned? Is it going to be the act of marriage? Right. <laughs> Use your imagination. Make up your own rules. The best way, and he has a quote, quote here from, it doesn't even say unknown, so I don't know. The best way to change a woman's mind is to is to agree with her. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I don't. I got nothing on that one. All right, for couples only. Uh, let's get over here for couples only. <gasps> Lost it. Chapter three, chapter one. I'm going to bookmark these next time, okay? I'll do better. All right. Um, okay, sorry. Chapter one for couples only is spontaneous combustion, which sounds dangerous. Song of Solomon, of course. I am my beloved's, and his desire is toward me. Observation number one. Many marriages flop because of selfishness. I don't know if many, but some. Living a romantic life, I know, because I I did one of those. Um, Living a romantic life requires wanting to please your lover more than you want to please yourself. Again, the problem I have, I'm not saying that that is wrong. I'm not saying that is wrong. I'm just saying the IFB itself, in that uh, uh, minuscule lane, they tend to take selflessness too far and let people run roughshod, as Bob would say, over others, whether it's in a relationship, in a ministry, in a friendship, whatever it is take advantage because the other person is being so selfless. So it's, if, if both people are entirely selfless, sure, that yin, and, that yin and yang can work, but that doesn't happen in the attitude. So just putting that out there because it sounds great on the surface, but when you understand the other levels to this, it's pretty horrific. In so doing, you will find yourself so fulfilled and pleased that you won't even realize it was a sacrifice. God does everything you see in reverse. That's not... <laughs> It's not the way to do it. you don't drive your car in reverse, you don't pay your mortgage in reverse, but God works in mysterious ways, and they are reverse. All right. Thus, if you would be loved, you must first love unselfishly. If your husband wants to make love at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, oh, make love. Okay, good, 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 good. We're making progress. We move past the act of marriage. So maybe the act of marriage wasn't sex and orgasms. I don't know. Uh, uh, If your husband wants to make love at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or in the middle of you're doing dishes, then instead of, oh, here it is. Instead of complaining, stop what you're doing, throw your arms around him, and say, honey, the dishes can wait. Again, this, I'm a huge fan of fucking Humphrey Bogart and Jimmy Stewart and Gary Cooper, but that's what this shit is based off of. This is 1920s to 50s America. This is Don Draper shit. This is not real life. It wasn't really real life then. It sure as fuck not real life now. And so to have this guy say, oh, just, run in and hump her while she's doing the dishes, and she's going to turn around and say, oh, the dishes came away, and she's going to melt. That's not real fucking life. I'm sorry. It's fucking not. And he's expecting you, wom- women's, to make that real life for your husband. All right. Nothing wrong with, sp- I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that being something that you do or enjoy. I'm just saying for someone else to tell you, hey, ladies, when your husband wants sex, give it to him. That's a big staple in the IFB, and it's super fucked. Again, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying as a general principle, if you're both trying to have sex, great. But this is generally a forceful thing. And generally these women, not all women, I'm not categorizing, I'm saying inside the IFB, they're they're over this guy because he's a tyrant. I'm not saying Bob. Bob is a tyrant as well. But like in this situation, that's what you're dealing with. Again, I'm realizing now, and this is what I'll preface, you know, in, in future episodes, some of this stuff sounds almost benign at times or kind of cutesy, but when you understand all the underlying factors, there's a lot more to it. All right. Anyways, if your wife wants to cuddle on the couch and smooch while you're reading the sports page of the newspaper, then stop reading and smooch. Again, we're talking different levels. We're saying men just want to fuck and women just want to cuddle. I know that's an easy categorization to make, but that's not the truth. I can tell you. So to say Look, this is what she's gonna to wanna to do, so make sure you do what she wants to, and this is what you're gonna to wanna to do, so make sure, he, this is what he's gonna to wanna to do, so make sure you do what he wants to. It's way too general, Bob. Way too general. Spontaneity often requires being unselfishly available. Ooh, that sounds scary. If you would rather do the dishes or read the sports page, something is wrong. No, maybe not. <laughs> maybe you had an off day, maybe you're not feeling having sex with him. Maybe you would rather have a clean house. Maybe you're not feeling having sex with her in that moment. Maybe you would rather uh, read the sports page, as he says, or look at the ESPN app on your phone. Just saying, there's a lot of generalizations here that drive me up the wall. Read 1 Corinthians 13. I'm still on page (laughs) 1. Read 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter that is often called the love chapter. The word charity in 1 Corinthians 13 means giving without expecting anything in return. Again, sounds great on the surface. When you are giving without expecting, without expectations of return, then anything you receive is a bonus. You will also find that unconditionally serving the one whom you love stimulates affection. Affection stimulates appreciation for the receiver, which in turn leads to a greater tenderness towards the giver. That's a big Bible lesson my brain couldn't handle it. Now, let's test your lovingness. Gotta Google that, because I feel like it's not a word. But this is an IFB book, so it's OK. Take the following test and compare your love with the biblical def- definition of love. Consider <clears throat> excuse me, your everyday interactions with each other. When you have completed this exercise, share with one another your responses. You know, fuck that. Go take the five love languages test. But I'll take this test. Though. Uh, <laughs> uh, find your weak area. Pray over it. and Because uh, that will change it. And work to change. Okay, work to change. I got you. However, you must choose to accept one another the way each is without expecting change. Remember, my head hurts. Remember, it, is, it could be this hat. It's tight. Remember, it is not your job to change your mate. That is God's job. God, It is your, and it's, again, I don't think that it is your job, but if change needs to happen, counting on, I'm not saying this a God or not a God, but if all you're counting on is God to change someone else's habits that you live with, what do they say in South Park? You're going to have a bad time. That is God's job. It is your job to love your mate unconditionally, not all the time. Being aware of each other's weak areas should stimulate mercy, not contention. As you take the test, rate yourself with one of the following descriptions of your love. N, no problem at all. P, pretty good. S, so-so. B, badly needs help. I feel like like there's better scales. I know we didn't have so much Google back in O2, but I feel like there's better scales. Okay. Love is slow to lose patience. Doesn't demonstrate irritations. N, no problem at all. Pretty good. S so so or B badly needs help. Are you N P S or B? Doesn't demonstrate the materials. So impatient. I would say I am P. I'm pretty good. Looks for a way of being constructive. Contributes to the other needs, to the other's needs of life. I would say I'm so so. Is not selfish with time and attention. Allows freedom to express individuality. That does, those don't add up, because I would say I'm selfish with time and attention but I also allow freedom to express individuality. I don't see how those uh, uh, coincide. So we're going to have an N-A, Bob. I'm going to have to add an N-A on that one for you. Is not anxious to impress by showing off. Does not have an I'm always right attitude. No problem. I I know. I'm not trying to put myself up as anything special. I'm just reading the book, okay? Does not try to lift up its own importance in the eyes of others. Not self-centered or conceited. If anyone in the IFB, you know, I don't know. I'll leave that alone. No problem. Has good manners. Demonstrates discretion and decency. Yeah, so-so. Does not pursue selfish advantage. Major concern is for the needs of others. Yeah, pretty good. Excuse me. He's not easily offended. Not hypersensitive or easily hurt. Badly needs help. (laughs) 100%. Does not uh, keep account of evil. Forgets wrongs that have been forgiven. Uh, So-so. Does not gloat over the wickedness of other people. Uh, Doesn't excuse own sins. Because of other sins. Yeah, badly needs help, I guess. I don't know. Share the joy, which that was a. Fuck that one. Shares the joy of those who live with the truth. Active fellowship with dedicated Christians. Well, Bob would surely think that I uh, badly need help. Because I'm not even a CEO Christian anymore. You guys know what that is? Christmas and Easter only. I'm just a C Christian. Just Christmas. That's it. Um. Shares the joy of... Oh, I that. Knows no limit to its endurance. Overlooks faults and endures hardships. So-so. Knows no end to its trust. Badly needs help. <laughs> Expresses faith and believes the best. No, no, I would say uh, so-so. Is not easily depressed. Not fickle or negative. Well, I don't know. Fickle, I don't think, fits in the Bob. Yet. I need Bob to do more research for the next book. And it's been 18 years, so it's time for another... Um, He's not easily depressed No, I'd say if badly he need help Can outlast anything, endures all obstacles No problem, Bob Okay, so now we're moving I hope you enjoyed uh, that test with me uh, I hope you did as well as I did I did poorly Alright, no, <clears throat> excuse me You're not a failure because you fail You are only a failure when you don't try He stole that, that's a great, great concept Allow me to share some advice on marriage Given by Mrs. John R. Rice Oh, fuck, I can't wait to read this And a subsequent response from Mrs. Linda Whitting. Mrs. Rice, meet his needs and likes. Ask him each day what he would like for you to do for him and do it. There you go. That's the IFB in a nutshell. IFB marriage in a nutshell. Mrs. Whitting, I believe that it is one reason why men so often leave their wives for their secretaries. Oh, this is going to be great. The secretary is constantly asking the man, what can I do for you today? while his wife is griping and complaining. We wives need to learn something about pleasing our men from these secretaries. So, <laughs> to sum it up, the bitch that he left you for, you should really learn, take some pointers from her. I'm sorry, but that is literally what you said. Uh, and, and, and I'm sure Mrs. Rice is no longer with us. Uh, rest in peace and all that jazz. I don't know if Mrs. Winning is. If she's no longer with us, rest in peace, but you're that's fucking wrong. <laughs> Tip number one Romanticist Richard Godek says, Capture the fun in your relationship by viewing romance as adult play. We don't stop playing because we grow old, we grow old because we stop playing. Agreed. This concept reminds us to loosen up, be creative, and to remember the fun and passion of early years. I like those statements. Me too, Bob. I also like them. Idea number one Leave a note in the shower stall that says, Peekaboo, I see you. That's creepy. (laughs) <laughs> Chloe has a this is way off topic this is a very suggestive and gross episode uh, overtly sexual but there's a movie we like called uh, Storks with Andy Samberg and uh, I think Jennifer Henniston, Uh one of my uh, dear crushes uh, is in that as well but there's a scene with uh, some kind of monkey and he says why are you being so creepy that's all I can think of. anyway alright I like those statements he says alright uh, that's creepy though peekaboo alright Hold hands, sit on his lap, kiss her nose, nibble his ear, massage her back. Your romantic venture, adventure is what you make. I feel like Bob was just like this one, like I'm tired. I need to finish this chapter. Nibble the neck. Feels <laughs> lazy. All right, too hot to handle. The tip, or Bob or Joe Beth, whoever wrote this together. A string on the floor that has a note attached to it that reads "Follow me." Attach gifts to the string that he can gather as he follows it through the house. At the end of the string, be waiting for him, wearing well. You can use your own imagination. Again, guys, it's fucking lame. (laughs) Just say, naked. Be naked. Bob, that's how you would say it. Naked, right? Uh, And then there's a uh, quote here. says, women who henpeck their husbands are apt to find them with other chicks. You can't make this shit up. We're closing out this episode with the quote, women who henpeck their husbands are apt to find them with other chicks. I can't, I think that's perfect. I'm so glad that was the last thing I read. That is fucking great. It's never his fault. It's never the guy's fault. It's her fault. That's what, that's what, that just fucking said. That quote is not attributed to anyone else. That is from the minds of Bob and Joe Beth Hooker. That is where that comes from. That's where that originates. You got too annoying, so he fuck someone else. It's your fault. Anyways, I think we're going to find a lot more of that sentiment. Excuse me. <clears throat> just bit my cheek, I'm all worked up. We're going to find a lot more of that sentiment throughout these chapters, and uh, I hope you enjoy Again, this was a little more graphic than I anticipated, uh, but it is what it is. That's how this is going to go. Um, and we'll probably get into it if we have the time and we're able to continue the series, maybe some other books that are less graphic but uh, still IFB-based to kind of <laughs> just review them and the ideology that they teach people. So, anyways, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, you may not have, and I don't blame you. I enjoyed reading through it, but all of my uh, snarkiness and my attitude, you may not have appreciated, and I don't blame you for that at all. But I enjoyed it, and if there's someone out there that enjoyed it as well, along with me, then it was worth it. So, that was uh, the first in each section, the first three chapters of Bob and Joe Hooker, jo Beth Hooker's book, Romance and Marriage Keeping the Flame Alive, uh, came out in 2002, a couple years before I ended up at House Anderson College. And um, that was eye-opening for sure. I hope you enjoyed this uh, mini-series, or this. I hope you enjoyed this offshoot <laughs> episode of Not Your Mother's Podcast, Storytime with Stu. And I hope you come back for more. Thank you so much.